occult crimes, paranormal investigations, urban legends, and strange happenings. Welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. Hey, welcome back to Myths, Magic, and Murder. This is a mini-sode. I'm Abby. I'm Kate. And we'll be your ghostesses on this short but sweet little episode. What are we doing today, Kate? You know, Ab, I'm not too sure. What are we doing? (laughs) You're not? I just turn up. Today, we are telling the stories of two paranormal investigation teams that they have kindly sent to us. Thank Upon you. my begging and request, yeah. I asked Abby stalked them and said, listen, I'm not going to leave you alone until you tell us. I was at their front door like, please tell me a story. <laughs> Wearing a mask, of course. Of course. Socially sanitized. <laughs> this was a little while ago, to be fair, but I was waiting to see what kind of stories I get sent. So We get sent. We get sent. This is the Abby Show. Welcome back. I sent the emails. Fair enough. When you send the emails, you can do the talking, Kate. Oh, I see. Okay, you got anything else to add or you want me to... Uh, Get straight into talking about these spooky stories. No, I, 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 I don't have anything to say this time. Minisodes odd. They are a different kind of structure. Yeah, I never know how much talking to do. Like how many do you want this to be? Right? We could do this in two minutes flat if you want us to. <laughs> we won't do that. <laughs> Feels like kind of a waste of everybody's time. So I think it's already been like two minutes. So. <laughs> so our first set of stories is from... Alan Clifford at Spirit Team UK and Kate has got a different set of stories that we will cover later. So Spirit Team UK are a professionally trained paranormal investigation group in the Midlands, which for our international audience is literally the middle of England. We're not creative with the names. Midlands. Yeah, but it's the middle of England, not the middle of the UK. Oh yeah, don't get confused. Because the middle of the UK is the north. <laughs> when you That's ruined me. Why would you mention that? Well, yeah, because we've we've obviously got England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales, don't we? So Scotland's the top. Scotland's the uh, roof on the. I don't know what I'm talking about. Roof on the house. Anyway, does that make Wales like the water tank? (laughs) What are you chatting? Slapped on the side. I was gonna say (laughs) we're almost at ten thousand downloads by the end of this episode. By this point, everyone's gonna take back their downloads. Sorry about that. Yeah. Anyways, Midlands, middle of the Englands. How many Englands are there? So the team carry out investigations all over the UK, from small private houses to high-profile locations. And Spirit Team UK were also featured on an episode of My Ghost Story, which is a TV show. They were featured in season six, which is where their first story comes from. I've obviously watched the episode. It's really interesting. If you want to watch it, I will leave a link in the description below. I'll also leave a link to their website if you want to check out their other investigations. So I'll read the first story that Alan sent us. We were carrying out an investigation at a community centre in Coventry, which is near Birmingham. There had been lots of activity that night. Doors banging in closed areas, EVPs, walkie-talkies being played with. One woman was poked in the back. Wait, one quick question. What's what's an EVP? Electronic voice phenomenon. An EVP is the one where you record it, and then when you listen to it back later, you can hear the spirit's voice, I believe. And there's a different piece of equipment for hearing it in the real time which I think is called a spirit box, but either way, we're not talking about that now. Myself and my friend Neil were in the main hall, and you could cut the atmosphere with a knife. The energy levels were building, and we knew something was going to happen. We'd seen a light figure person on a photo we took, so we were trying to get him to respond. Neil had to leave the hall. He 
He's very sensitive and the energy levels were giving him a headache. Oh, Neil. I stayed and was encouraging the spirit to do something to really impress us. Do next, a flip. <laughs> next thing out of the blue, I got a very painful sharp stinging on my arm. Not sure what it was as I walked out of the hall and outside to where Neil was standing with some other people. I said that I felt like something had hit me or slapped me in the main hall. He said to look at your arm. When I looked, there were three red finger marks on my arm where I'd been slapped. Quite scary, but also very exciting to have that kind of manifestation. You can watch the episode to see more of what happened that night. Every time we've been back, there'd be more activity, but that was definitely the highlight. So, watching the episode, obviously a little bit more happens. Mm-hmm. When they entered the community centre, uh, they set up all their equipment. Neil said that it felt like someone was watching them, and he also picked up on the name Henry, which he wrote down in a notebook. As they were looking towards the end of the hall, they see a dark shadow that resembles a person walking sort of backwards and forwards. Of course, when they see this, Alan takes a photo, and as he mentioned earlier, when he sees uh, the photo, it has like a light figure in the image right? that looks very much like a person. And when they begin recording audio, the machine actually turns itself off when they ask for a sign. And then they asked for something to impress them, and immediately they heard a door slam, which they also managed to record. And while Neil was outside, after he had to leave, Alan was sort of walking around in front of the camera, asking the spirit for another side, now that it sort of built its energy up. And then he's struck on the arm, and he has three quite intense marks on his uh, forearm, like something hit him with some serious force. Damn. Which is obviously a pretty intense physical attack like that. Bit scary. But at the same time, like as he said, I can't imagine the sort of strange excitement you would feel going for some kind of evidence and leaving with something sort of sort of physical. I don't think it would be... Um, I mean, obviously it would be scary, but I think it was quite tame because there are a lot of stories that you hear where, like, things have drawn blood or scratched, you know, or, like, bitten. So I think it's quite a good thing, I guess. It's the best of the worst, if that makes sense. Yeah, but do you remember that time when I felt someone touch my shoulder? Oh, yeah. That was terrifying for me. And that wasn't (laughs) intending to, like, cause me any harm or scare me in any way. That was just a polite little shoulder pat. And that freaked me the hell out. Are you okay? I was like, are you having a nice time? And I was like, get away from me. I don't know what's going on here. I was having a nice time and now I'm having the worst time. After this, they do a Ouija board where the spirit confirms that he's there with them. And that his name is, in fact, Henry, as Neil had picked up on. And they found out that Henry was a farmer who used to own the land and just wasn't very happy that it was now a community centre. Oh, Henry. They visit the location again to get more footage and experience more strange happenings, which I will let you go and check out in the link if you want to do that. Mm -hmm. And he did send me one other story, which I will also give you. Unless you want to talk about that one a little bit more. I just think it's a bit strange isn't it really because most of the time i feel like ghosts on like ghost shows have stayed around because like they have some proper like unfinished business you know but like henry just didn't really like the community center he wanted his farm back lots of ghosts are like that though aren't they lots of spirits sort of they're unhappy with the change and it's time to let go you would be though wouldn't you if you were in an area whether you because spirits as we talked about in one of an earlier episode, 
I believe that they're either there because they have unfinished business or because they were connected to the area quite well and it's like sort of the, their happy place. Mm. So maybe he's there for that reason and then he's just witnessing it change. Yeah, I guess it would be quite sad if it was like a place where you'd you were born and died. Yeah. And then it would change. Because I was just thinking like, you know, if, if I died right now, touch wood, I won't, and this house like got rebuilt over i wouldn't be too sad i'd be like yeah you go you know if it was like high-rise flats i'd be like hope y'all are having a good time i'm gonna check in from time to time see what the crack is but i suppose yeah if it was my happy place and they changed it i'd be like we doing pal smack yeah i could be wrong i'm not an expert on ghosts the demons same only <laughs> demons only yeah oh yeah that was the announcement abby got her demonology course thing i did I'm Ooh. a demonologist, everybody. Hell yeah. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not qualified to talk about ghosts, I guess, in intense detail. I don't, I don't, but to be fair, I don't think anyone really knows why ghosts stick around in some locations. Yeah. I think it varies, you know, but that's like sort of what I've read, anyways. Fair. fair enough. So, the final story from Alan. We were carrying out a private investigation in Coventry. Me, me and my friend Neil are quite sensitive, and if either of us pick up on anything, we keep it to ourselves or write it down to see if the other person gets the same results. Quick question, are they based in Coventry? They're just sort of in the Midlands. Oh, right, so they just travel around, these two just happen to be in Coventry. Yeah. Right. Coventry's a spooky place. <laughs> it's weird, because I've been there a few times. and Well, I don't think the whole area is haunted. Yeah, I know, but like, you know when you go to a little town or whatever, I think Coventry's a city, yeah, because they have a cathedral. But it's not a big city. It's only a city because it has a cathedral. So when you go to like some places, you're like, this is a spooky little little town or a little city, you know. But Coventry is just like business, business parks and flats and like offices and stuff. That's it. Fair enough. This was a private investigation, so it was at somebody's house. Oh, fair enough. So yeah, they both they sort of write down their own things, keep it to themselves, and then discuss it later on mm-hmm. while they're investigating. So after carrying interviews in the living room, we walked into the hallway. I looked up to the top of the stairs and see, saw a man in what looked like 40s clothing hanging from the loft hatch. Hanging is in suicide. Right. Taken I back did a, figure that he wasn't just like... I know, but remember when the la- on on one of our bar. episodes and we, I thought that... And oh, you meant yeah. like a tire swing or something ridiculous, and yeah, then you have to explain. When I said hanging from a tree, and you're like, "Oh, that's nice," and I was like, "No." Taken back a bit by this vision, I didn't say anything, and we carried on in the kitchen. After this, we made our way up the stairs. He didn't say anything. No, they were keeping it to themselves. Yeah, but like, you know, I'd keep to myself if I saw a figure in the doorway. Do you know what I mean? But how, what nerves of steel must you have? They're professional. See a man hanging. And you're like, I'll write that in my little notebook. And this is why you're not a professional paranormal investigator. Yeah, and I never could be. God, if I saw that, I would be out of there like a flash. Understandable. Catch me finishing that investigation. It's a bit spooky. (laughs) But yeah, they are professional. (laughs) After After this, we made our way up the stairs. I was with another friend, Pete, and we made our way up to the landing. Pete walked into a bedroom and came out saying the room had a very negative feel to it. I walked in and felt the same. While in there, I told Pete about the hanging man vision. Shortly after, Neil made his way up the stairs. He's a little slow as he walks with a stick. 
He got to about two steps from the landing and stopped and started looking around curiously. I said to him, do you pick up on anything? He said, I'm not sure. After looking around a bit, he said that there had been some kind of negative event that had taken place. He then suddenly looked up at the loft hatch and said, somebody hung himself here. It's we- weird that they both got that. Yeah. Apart from Pete. We all looked at each other and I told him about my vision as well. This happens a lot between us. He also went into the bedroom and felt a negative energy in there. We had a chat and couldn't quite put our finger on what was in that bedroom. When the woman we interviewed came upstairs, we asked her if anything had happened in that room. Her answer was, that's when my husband died three weeks ago. Oh my god. Sorry, spooky. Oh my goodness. After further research, we found out that the hanging man was someone who had been sent his call-up papers for the war. Not wanting to go and face the horrors of war, he hid out in that house. After a week or so, he got wind that the police knew about his situation and were looking for him. That's when he decided to take his own life and hung himself from the loft hatch. Oh my goodness. So, thank you, Alan and Spirit Team UK, for those stories. They were super interesting, very spooky. And you can follow them at Spirit Team UK on Facebook. I really, really like their little method of not telling each other and just writing it down. Because then you can't be like, oh yeah, I had that too. Because it's like, well, did you write it down? Oh no, you know. They can't really like just play it up for cameras or whatever. Yeah, well, they're obviously friends, so I don't know if they would do that. But it's, I think it's good because then you can't subconsciously yeah, uh, influence somebody into yeah. being like, oh yeah, I also feel that. Because even if you're not meaning to, I think that can definitely happen. Like if I walk into a room and I'm like, oh, this doesn't feel right. You might be like, I feel that as well, even if you didn't or you wouldn't if I didn't say it, you know? Yeah. What's really interesting is uh, when I was at uni in third year, I did a module on hallucinations and delusions. And my teacher for that was Jason Braithwaite. And he's a researcher and stuff in psychology, focusing on hallucinations and delusions. But he was doing a study at the time, which was to see if there was like the perfect setting to induce like a hallucination of a ghost or like reported haunted sightings. So he was dealing with like, the lighting, um, like sort of prior knowledge, smell, you know, stuff like that. And it was really cool because he could induce it. He could make you think that you had seen a ghost. That's interesting. Right? How cool is that? The human brain. That's pretty cool. So, but it does beg to differ then. Are ghosts real or is it just our brains? Well, I think ghosts are real. That's why I do this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I spent money I doing know. a demonology course, Kate. <laughs> I know. Well, ghosts and demons are different. So. Oh, yeah, I know. But I, I know what you mean. I think I think ghosts are definitely real. And I think paranormal investigators are real. And I think investigations are real. I think ghost sightings are real. However, I do think that it is possible that you, sub- you could subconsciously influence somebody definitely. to see things. Definitely. Which is why... As I said, I do quite like this method of staying that something's there, but sort of keeping it to yourself until you both agree on something. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I think that's what's most frustrating about ghosts, is that obviously there is equipment and stuff, but none of it is like 100% reliable or 100% sort of certified equipment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you have to sort of play with a few different things. Everything's just eyewitness testimony, and that is like the worst method of gathering data because you can't trust your eyes or your brain 
Yeah, well, there are images and such as well. Oh, yeah, no, I know. But I just mean, like, scientifically looking at it, it's why the paranormal community is so shit on by other people. Even though it shouldn't be. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, right. You want to plug us quickly and then I'll... Yeah, if you haven't yet, you can also follow us at MythMagicPod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to support the show uh, via Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash Myths Magic Murder, support the show, might get some cool rewards in return. And that's all we got to say, really. Yeah, if you want to email us some spooky stories like these guys did, uh, you can do that at mythsmagicandmurder at gmail.com. They don't have to be this level spooky. I'm sure you're not all <laughs> investigators. But if you do have a story and you want to share it with us, you can do that. You can only talk to us if you're a paranormal investigator. We don't talk to the rest of you. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Okay, our other story is from Zoe Callow at Gwyneth Paranormal Investigations in Wales. So that's spelt G-W-Y-N-E-D-D. I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. I did look it up, but... Yeah. Wales is one of those languages. Where, because it looks so similar to the way we just pronounce words, and yeah, then it's right. slightly different, and you're like, ooh, oops. <laughs> so... The Gwyneth Paranormal Investigation was originally set up to raise as much money as possible for local charities in the North Wales area, and they started their work in 2011. Zoe herself has been a paranormal investigator for 20 years, and she, along with the rest of the team, conduct overnight investigations in haunted locations throughout North Wales. Zoe describes herself as being clairvoyant, clairsentient, and clairaudient, as well as the most sceptical ghost hunter you will ever meet, and goes into things with an open mind. First trying to find the most logical explanation, and then going from there. I'll give you a quick rundown on what the terms mean, just in case you don't know. The clairs. <laughs> Let's get all our clairs in one basket. So clairvoyance literally means clear vision in French, and it's the ability to gain knowledge about something through a sixth sense sight. God, why did I write it like that? <laughs> sixth sense sight. Peter Pepper. Picked Peck. So... He was like, ooh, Welsh isn't hard enough. I think I'll, <laughs> I'll put in some tongue twisters. This whole thing is written in prose. Get ready. So yeah, sixth sense sight, be that a person, object, place, anything. It's split into three sections. So precognition, seeing the future, retrocognition, seeing the past, and remote viewing, which is seeing the present, but the present that you normally wouldn't be able to see. So it's not me seeing this room. It's me seeing someone driving down the street. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, like... 10 blocks away. Yeah. Clear audience is similar, but with hearing, hence the audience part. So this includes hearing the voices of the dead or people who are yet to be. Mainly, though, it's it's hearing the departed. Finally, clairsentient is the people that have the ability to sense emotions or energies of the past, present, or future to an extraordinary level that others wouldn't be able to just using their five senses. So it's just like extra add-ons, I guess. Mods for people. Mods. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the team do private or public investigations as well as hosting investigations for groups, which you can actually buy tickets for. As with the previous team, we'll leave their website in the description and you can follow them at Gwyneth Paranormal Investigations on Facebook. Like I said, that's G-W-Y-N-E-D-D. Okay, so Zoe described the story she sent us as the best place she's ever experienced. I personally have been a paranormal investigator for almost 20 years. In that time, I've investigated loads of places from castles to churches, manor houses to theatres. 
The scariest and best place I've ever investigated was St. Breville's Castle in Lydney, Gloucestershire, which has been used as a youth hostel for years. I've experienced so many unexplained occurrences in there, I can literally just make a list. Being stroked on the arm, and again a second time after believing I imagined it. Then, after saying I thought it was my imagination, a sharp prod on the arm. They were like, listen, someone I'm wants here. to be known. I'm telling you, what more proof do you need? The chains rattling in the oubliette for no apparent reason when the hatch was padlocked and the carpet over the top. Some graffiti appearing on a wall in the oubliette room, then later there being no trace of it. So quick note, an oubliette is a dungeon in a basement room only accessible by a hole in the ceiling. So imagine like a well that you're trapped in. I hate that. It originally comes from the French word to forget. So I imagine it's a pretty horrible place. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. The sound of furniture being dragged around in the chapel above the dining hall, and on further investigation, no one was up there and no furniture was out of place. Oh, I hate that when we cover stories where furniture is being moved around, because furniture is loud. And I think that, obviously, she said she's sceptical, which is, you know, good because then, you know, you are more open-minded, I guess. You're not just going into something and believing that it's haunted and then influencing yourself to... Yeah, you don't feel a gust of wind and you're like, it's a ghost! Yeah, but you can just... Sometimes I will accidentally hear footsteps in places that I know are not haunted or nobody else has said something Mm -hmm. because it's kind of like a soft noise. Yeah. It could just be like the wall creak and it could be a footstep. But moving furniture is such a loud and specific noise. Yeah. You can't really replicate that. It's not something that you just casually hear every day. Well, as well, I think what's scary about it is... You're not moving an Ikea Kallax unit. In, like, a big, old castle, it's going to be heavy wooden drawers and heavy yeah. wooden cabinets. That was a specific piece of furniture you mentioned there. It's because I'm sat right next to one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be, like, solid wood that is being dragged. Yeah, That's heavy crazy. stuff. Yeah, exactly. The latch of the chapel door being clicked up and the door opened, but no one in the doorway. The door to the ladies' toilets opening and no one being on the other side. I hate that because then you wouldn't want to pee. Toilets freak me out anyway. It's like when we were in Lancaster Castle. Oh my goodness. Lancaster. <laughs> that place is haunted. Yes, definitely. Lancaster Castle gave me... You know when you go into a room or a building and the it feels very heavy... Mm-hmm. It feels like the energy in there is just intense. It's all wrong. That's what I had in Lancaster Castle. I had to pee so bad and I was in the toilet and it was this like old creepy toilet and I was peeing and I was like, I feel so vulnerable right now. Please don't be any spirits in this toilet. I've only had that in a, a few places. One was Lancaster Castle and one was like the Anne Frank house. So that's some negative energy. Yeah. Do you mean when you're peeing or just in general? Just in general. Okay, just wanted to clarify that. Audible recordings on a dictaphone of an empty room. Then the door was heard opening, footsteps walking around the room, the sound of something rustling like a bag of some sort, something being dragged across the room, footsteps across the room, and the door opening and closing again. Wow, it's quite elaborate. Then the footsteps disappearing off up the tower steps with the faint sound of a woman's voice. 
So bearing in mind there were only two people in the building at the time and both were together on the other side of the castle. So they'd just set up the dictaphone, left it recording and gone to explore. Wow, that's very spooky. Yeah, I imagine so. I wouldn't want to hear that. (laughs) Other activity experienced on the same night were footsteps, knocking, tapping and lights or orbs. You know about orbs, right? Yeah. Um, For those that don't, orbs are thought to be sort of synonymous with ghosts. So like if you take a photo and there's like a little white dot, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of, I don't know how I would describe it. I feel like everyone knows what an orb is though, right? I hope so. Everyone who's a fan of the show, I imagine, is familiar with that. Okay. If you're not, you're not a true fan. If you're not, it's like a little bubble. (laughs) It's like a white bubble, I guess. Yeah. This is most definitely the single most active place I've ever visited. I've been back since, so a second time, but unfortunately it turned out to be a very quiet night on that occasion. So that was Zoe's favourite story. What a woman. Love her. Personally, wouldn't be my best night. I wouldn't go back, and I probably wouldn't have stayed for as long as she did, to be honest, because that sounds horrific. I love that whenever we're talking about ghost stories, I'm like, wow, that's very interesting. And you're like, I hate it. (laughs) I do. I can't. You could not pay me enough to stay there for that long. Chains rattling in the dungeon. No, thank you, pal. I'm off. Fair enough. I just don't. I couldn't. If it's real, I don't want to be there. And if it's not real, why why would I waste my time? I couldn't. No. Same reason. I would never do a Ouija board. I'm not here for it. Oh, I would never do a Ouija board. I just... I know how to do a Ouija board. And obviously, like, I'm aware of the risks. And I know the procedure. But I think that I would be... Not calm and collected enough to just go into it, you know, talk to somebody, and then say goodbye and then leave. I think I would panic instantly. I think I would be calm and collected at the time. I think I'd be fine. But I have a habit of ghosts attaching to me, as far as I'm aware. So I'm... Why would I do that? <laughs> do you know what I mean? When I could not, there is the choice in front of me. I can either do it, and possibly bad things will happen to me, or I can not do it, and nothing will change. <laughs> I, I mean, fair enough. You've raised a good point. Anyway, I had a little online search about the castle to see if anything else weird had been reported here. And when I went on, I think it was hauntedbritain.com, I found that there were, in fact, even more weird goings on. People are reported being gripped by the neck by unseen forces in the old hanging room. Oh, wow, by the neck. Yeah. That's quite intense. Cries of a baby were heard from King John's bedroom. Nope. A lady in grey floats along the top corridor. A large black dog trots around the grounds at night. A knight in armour patrols the castle. And people have had their clothes tugged, hair pulled. And some guests that decide to stay the night, because obviously it's a, it's a youth hostel, have awoken and immediately left in the early hours of the morning. Understandable, it sounds pretty active. So I don't think I would ever go there, but props to Zoe for going. Because it sounds like she had a good time. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure it was a very interesting investigation. Yeah. Um, Thank you to the Gwynedd Paranormal Investigations and Zoe Callow for the story. Yeah, orbs are 
I don't fully know. I think it's not really something that you can just be like, oh, it's that, you know? Yeah. Some people say that it's kind of like the soul of something and it becomes that sort of shape so that it can move around easier. Yeah. But I'm not There's a lot of dispute about what it actually is. Some people just think it's like a camera malfunction or whatever. Because if you're like taking a photo in low light you might get fair enough everyone in my bedroom first year uni yeah but that was haunted we'll talk about that in a different mini (laughs) set yeah okay fair enough but it wasn't at that time nothing weird had happened that doesn't mean it wasn't haunted though true a weird time it was a weird time (laughs) but yeah, yeah those were interesting i think they were interesting yeah it was good to hear from people who have proper experience yeah, some, some professionals. It was nice. Yeah. Made me feel like I wasn't just chatting bollocks. Really? <laughs> Other people have experience. We're it. knowledgeable. We just don't, you know, <laughs> investigate places because... We're knowledgeable, but Abby <laughs> has anxiety. <laughs> but Because I'm anxious and Kate would cry. I would not cry. I would just leave. I'd just be there by myself and at that point, then what, what am I doing? <laughs> exactly. Anything else to say? No, thank you for listening. Thank you for everyone who sent in stories. And if you like the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, whichever one. Blow to bow. Whichever one lets you leave a review on. (laughs) (laughs) And don't forget, don't listen before bed. Listen before bed.